Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one. The piercing morning air came into the hall where they were standing so that Aunt Kate said, Close the door, somebody. Mrs. Mallins will get her death of cold. Brown is out there, Aunt Kate, said Mary Jane. Brown is everywhere, said Aunt Kate, lowering her voice. Mary Jane laughed at her tone. Really, she said archly, he's very attentive. He's been laid on here like the gas, said Aunt Kate in the same tone, all during the Christmas. She laughed herself this time good-humouredly and then added quickly, but tell him to come in, Mary Jane, and close the door. I hope to goodness he didn't hear me. At that moment, the hall door was opened and Mr. Brown came in from the doorstep, laughing as if his heart would break. He was dressed in a long green overcoat with mock astrakhan cuffs and collar and wore on his head an oval fur cap. He pointed down the snow-covered quay from where the sound of shrill, prolonged whistling was borne in. Teddy will have all the cabs in Dublin out, he said. Gabriel advanced from the little pantry behind the office, struggling into his overcoat, and looking round the hall, said, Greta not down yet. She's getting on her things, Gabriel, said Aunt Kate. Who's playing up there? asked Gabriel. Nobody, they're all gone. Oh no, Aunt Kate, said Mary Jane. Bartell Darcy and Miss O'Callaghan aren't gone yet. Someone is fooling at the piano anyhow, said Gabriel. Mary Jane glanced at Gabriel and Mr. Brown and said with a shiver, It makes me feel cold to look at you two gentlemen muffled up like that. I wouldn't like to face your journey home at this hour. I'd like nothing better this minute, said Mr. Brown stoutly, than a rattling fine walk in the country or a fast drive with a good spanking goer between the shafts. We used to have a very good horse and trap at home, said Aunt Julia sadly. The never-to-be-forgotten Johnny, said Mary Jane, laughing. Aunt Kate and Gabriel laughed too. Why, what was so wonderful about Johnny? asked Mr. Brown. The late lamented Patrick Morkan, our grandfather, that is, explained Gabriel, commonly known in his later years as the old gentleman, was a glue boiler. Oh, now, Gabriel, said Aunt Kate, laughing, he had a starch mill. Well, glue or starch, said Gabriel, the old gentleman had a horse by the name of Johnny. And Johnny used to work in the old gentleman's mill, walking round and round in order to drive the mill. That was all very well. But now comes the tragic part about Johnny. One fine day, the old gentleman thought he'd like to drive out with the quality to a military review in the park. The Lord have mercy on his soul, said Aunt Kate compassionately. Amen, said Gabriel. So the old gentleman, as I said, harnessed Johnny and put on his very best tall hat and his very best stock collar and drove out in grand style from his ancestral mansion somewhere near Back Lane, I think. Everyone laughed, even Mrs. Mallins, at Gabriel's manner, and Aunt Kate said, Oh, now, Gabriel, he didn't live in Back Lane, really. Only the mill was there. Out from the mansion of his forefathers, continued Gabriel, he drove with Johnny. And everything went on beautifully until Johnny came in sight of King Billy's statue, and whether he fell in love with the horse King Billy sits on, or whether he thought he was back again in the mill, anyhow, he began to walk around the statue. Gabriel paced in a circle round the hall in his galoshes amid the laughter of the others. Round and round he went, said Gabriel, and the old gentleman, who was a very pompous old gentleman, was highly indignant. Go on, sir! What do you mean, sir? 
Johnny, Johnny, most extraordinary conduct. Can't understand the horse. The peals of laughter which followed Gabriel's imitation of the incident was interrupted by a resounding knock at the hall door. Mary Jane ran to open it and let in Freddie Mallins. Freddie Mallins, with his hat well back on his head and his shoulders humped with cold, was puffing and steaming after his exertions. I could only get one cab, he said. Oh, we'll find another along the quay, said Gabriel. Yes, said Aunt Kate. Better not keep Mrs Mallins standing in the draught. Mrs Mallins was helped down the front steps by her son and Mr Brown, and after many manoeuvres, hoisted into the cab. Freddie Mallins clambered in after her and spent a long time settling her on the seat, Mr Brown helping him with advice. At last she was settled comfortably, and Freddie Mallins invited Mr Brown into the cab. There was a good deal of confused talk, and then Mr Brown got into the cab. The cabman settled his rug over his knees and bent down for the address. The confusion grew greater, and the cabman was directed differently by Freddie Mallins and Mr Brown, each of whom had his head out through a window of the cab. The difficulty was to know where to drop Mr Brown along the route, and Aunt Kate, Aunt Julia and Mary Jane helped the discussion from the doorstep with cross-directions and contradictions and abundance of laughter. As for Freddie Mallins, he was speechless with laughter. He popped his head in and out of the window every moment to the great danger of his hat and told his mother how the discussion was progressing till at last Mr Brown shouted to the bewildered cabman over the din of everybody's laughter, Do you know Trinity College? Yes, sir, said the cabman. Well, drive bang up against Trinity College gates, said Mr Brown, and then we'll tell you where to go, you understand now? Yes, sir, said the cabman. Make like a bird for Trinity College. Right, sir, said the cabman. The horse was whipped up and the cab rattled off along the quay amid a chorus of laughter and adieus. Gabriel had not gone to the door with the others. He was in a dark part of the hall gazing up the staircase. A woman was standing near the top of the first flight, in the shadow also. He could not see her face, but he could see the terracotta and salmon pink panels of her skirt, which the shadow made appear black and white. It was his wife. She was leaning on the banisters, listening to something. Gabriel was surprised at her stillness and strained his ear to listen also. But he could hear little save the noise of laughter and dispute on the front steps. A few chords struck on the piano and a few notes of a man's voice singing. He stood still in the gloom of the hall, trying to catch the air that the voice was singing and gazing up at his wife. There was grace and mystery in her attitude, as if she were a symbol of something. He asked himself, what is a woman standing on the stairs in the shadow, listening to distant music, a symbol of? If he were a painter, he would paint her in that attitude. Her blue felt hat would show off the bronze of her hair against the darkness, and the dark panels of her skirt would show off the light ones. Distant music, he would call the picture, if he were a painter. The hall door was closed, and Aunt Kate, Aunt Julia and Mary Jane came down the hall still laughing. Well, isn't Freddy terrible, said Mary Jane. He's really terrible. Gabriel said nothing but pointed up the stairs towards where his wife was standing. Now that the hall door was closed, the voice and the piano could be heard more clearly. Gabriel held up his hand for them to be silent. The song seemed to be in the old Irish tonality and the singer seemed uncertain both of his words and of his voice. The voice, made plaintive by distance and by the singer's hoarseness, 
faintly illuminated the cadence of the air with words expressing grief. Oh, the rain falls on my heavy locks And the dew wets my skin My babe lies cold Drama on One Sundays at 8pm rta.ie forward slash drama on one Drama on One